episode was previously recorded and has been edited for the new Indie Business Podcast. Welcome to the Indie Business Podcast, dedicated to helping you break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love. And now, here's your host, Donna Maria. Hello, and welcome to Indie Business Podcast. I'm your host, Donna Maria, and you have arrived at the one place where we empower you to enjoy your life, build your business, and have your way. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. I am so thrilled to be entering my sixth season of bringing you the best insights from my hand-picked, successful small business owners and authors. It's hard for me to believe sometimes that I started this podcast back in 2005. I had no idea it would grow into what it is today. And you know... Just like any other business venture, this podcast is built on relationships. The relationships I have with authors, with publishers, with bloggers, with other podcasters and more. And I'm so honored to have these amazing relationships in my life. And they have helped me build my business in all aspects, not just in this podcast. And today we have a super guest who's going to discuss this very important topic of leveraging relationships to help you grow your business and your personal life, I might also add. Her name is Mari Smith, and she is the author of The New Relationship Marketing, How to Build a Large, Loyal, Profitable Network Using the Social Web. Mari is a passionate social media leader. I'd be surprised if you haven't heard of her already. She specializes in relationship marketing and Facebook mastery. Fast Company Magazine describes her as a veritable engine of personal branding, a relationship marketing whiz, and the Pied Piper of the online world. I love that. She is the co-author also of Facebook Marketing, An Hour a Day, and is considered one of the top resources and thought leaders in the world of new media marketing. And how thrilled am I to have Mari Smith as my first guest for the new year. Mari Smith, welcome to Indie Business Podcast. Thank you so much, Donna Maria. I really appreciate that lovely introduction. It's good to be here. Well, you know, it's like I said at, at, at the top, you know, it's hard to imagine um, that relationships will really help you build your business when you're just starting out. You know, you're just getting things underway. So let's start by talking to the people who might be new to business who don't have the relationships in place yet. Mari, tell them what is relationship marketing and why is it never too soon to make sure that you have them in place for your business? Absolutely. Well, the good news is that most of your listeners probably are already doing relationship marketing without necessarily realizing it because it's actually more of an underlying intent which governs your approach. It actually actually guides all of your different actions, whether online or offline. So if you think of traditional marketing, whether old media or new media, but, but traditional marketing is focused on making the sale. It's closing the sale in front of your nose, just focusing on that one transaction. It's transactional basis. We're base, based, whereas relationship marketing is long-term focused. It's focusing on building a relationship or a customer for life. So you're not even attached to whether you close that deal, that transaction right in front of you this second. It's a real different intent. It's a different place from which you come so that the prospect in front of you can really feel that you genuinely care about them and their needs and their wants and their their challenges that you're wanting to help them with. 
and so that you are nurturing that relationship over time and you can do these you can do that so so efficiently using the new media tools using social networking like Facebook and Twitter Google Plus LinkedIn and coupled with email marketing and blogging and then uh, I write about extensively in my book and there's a whole chapter dedicated to it is the offline the in person mm-hmm. networking right so you can really nurture those relationships and get to know people offline as well I'm very excited about about getting to that, um, especially where you talk about charting your five contact circles and how those in-person meetings and conferences have helped your business. But on that relationship marketing uh, topic and the description that you just gave, it makes me think about what we are often taught in business school and other places. We're taught about the sales cycle, and it starts here, and here's the middle of it, and it ends when you either get the sale or, God forbid, you don't get the sale. Um, it makes me think about, and this just occurred to me, sort of the relationship cycle and how that fits in to the sales cycle. Can can you is that a decent way to sort of help people fit in the idea of, yeah, you all obviously if you have a business you've got to get to the sale, but not only is there a sales cycle, there's a relationship cycle. Is that does that make sense? It does make sense, and, and and I was just having this picture in my mind of um, like concentric circles, or even like those Russian dolls where you mm-hmm. open it up and there's more inside. So it's like a cycle within a cycle. So to me, the relationship cycle is it is cyclical and it's actually a continuous loop. So that you might have an interaction. Let's say you have an exchange on Twitter. You're getting to know somebody. Maybe they come over and they 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 check out one of your blog posts, and maybe they sign up for. Uh, your newsletter, um, and then at some point they're going to make a purchase. Well, at that time they're making a purchase, that's when you're having the sales cycle is more evident. Mm -hmm. So they've expressed an interest in a product or a uh, program, then they go ahead and, you know, sign up for it, and then there's some uh, post-sales support, Mm -hmm. um, follow-up, et cetera. But Mm -hmm. but really overarching the whole sales cycle is is this continuous loop of interacting and um, networking, nurturing that relationship, whether you're in process of making a sale or not. Yes, and I'm so glad you sort of ended with that thought in that sentence because it, um, and, and as your book points out, and as I know you point out all the time because I've been following you for a while, Mari, um, <laughs> you're pointing out that, you know, the relationship does not always have to end in a sale in order to have a, a benefit on your business and your life. Can you comment on that? Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, just to clarify, you said the the sales? Yeah, the relationship that you're developing does not always have to end in a sale or or result in a sale in order for the relationship to benefit your business. Yeah, well, exactly. And I think that, you know, I have some very overarching principles that guide so much of what I do, and many of them are actually universal truths and spiritual principles in that mm. I really feel, to me, that everybody's important to me, whether they have 10 followers or 10 million followers, whether they have a low clout score, quote-unquote, or high clout score. Mm-hmm. Clout, K-L-O-U-T, it has its place in the, the social media world, but I don't like to make any major decisions uh, or even minor decisions, you know, oh, gee, well, I, do I respond to this person? Let's see, let me check mm-hmm. the public scores, if they're worthy of responding to that. I mean, just, that really breaks my heart when I see people taking that attitude. So I just feel that that whole saying of uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and that's been true for a long time. What social media has helped us to do is to add on another component to that, and it's who knows you. 
So you actually now, really, everybody has a, a, an equal opportunity to build a, a, a platform. It doesn't have to be sizable, but it needs to be solid and mm-hmm. clear on uh, what it is you offer and what you're about and your message and your services, etc. And so when you have that platform, you're building your visibility and you're building connections mm-hmm. to strategic alliances. To You're building connections with people who may never buy from you, and mm-hmm. yet they could potentially have a, a, a network full of people that would buy from you and they happily recommend you to their network. And, of so, course, it's always the joy of having that relationship, another person who may be like-minded to you or just just interested in what you're doing mutually. There's, that, there's joy in that, no, whether we're talking about business or not. That's so true. That's so true. And it's just amazing as I look back over the five years I've been immersed in the social media world Mm -hmm. that uh, I have customers now, people who've come and taken my my social media professionals training course and certification. They've been in my network for years. Mm -hmm. And then they say, you know, Mari, I've always wanted to work with you. That same thing happened to me recently where I just recently hired an awesome business coach, someone I've known for many, many years, and I have always wanted to work with her. Just the Mm -hmm. timing, you know, finances, whatever. And it's Mm -hmm. like that then, then it was opportunity was perfect we stayed in touch we maintained our relationship mm-hmm. and now i'm a, a paying customer first so it, it's that's mm-hmm. how it works yeah. and and mari these points that you're making are just as important for someone who is as you are a social media trainer or a social media consultant they're just as important for someone who is not in that profession but no matter what it is that you're selling of course for most of our audience we are selling uh, products, health, beauty, and lifestyle consultants and things of that nature. But these relationship ideals that you're talking about and using the tools are just as important for those people as they are for people like you who actually are in the business of teaching people how to do it. Oh, 100%. Because to me, social media actually applies to every type of business. And it's just a form of marketing. It's whether maybe before you were marketing through um, advertising or you know, mm-hmm. speaking, networking, Mm-hmm. newsletters, um, you're still going to do a lot of these. Social media is one component. And I do know that more and more major brands are investing vast portions of their marketing, advertising, marketing budget are going mm-hmm. into social media tools versus you know paid ads, TV ads, billboards, et cetera, magazine ads. It's just shifting the money where they're, you know, where their focus is shifting, but they're still they're still it's still marketing at the end of the day, still having people aware of, of what you do so that you become the obvious choice. The difference, though, is this this two-way. It's not like pushing and broadcasting and being this one-way form of doing business. It's actually a very inclusive and invitational, and it's, it's, it's building a community. Right. So, you know, people really get to know you. And, you know, earlier, Mari, you, you talked about the fact that most people who are listening, well, probably everyone, has, you know, a platform, a basic platform for relationship marketing already. They already have some relationships in place. They may not even be recognizing or appreciating that those are in place for them. So can you comment on, you know, just remind people and really just encourage them that, you know, you may not know, you know, Richard Branson and fabulous people that you'd like to meet, but you can. And your book talks about setting up sort of a strategy for yourself to be able to identify those people in your life who are on your meeting wish list and how you can use social media tools to incorporate those people into your life and perhaps have that lunch or that that meeting with them someday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I have this fun exercise in the book called Hollywood Squares, and just Mm -hmm. real simple, they can download a chart off my website, 
marysmith.com slash book. And basically you, you, you think of, uh, basically make a grid, maybe 4 by 4 4 by 5 20, 25 different people. Um, and you think about who would you absolutely love to bring into your life and have them as either uh, a customer, a good personal friend, mm-hmm. or even just meet them, shake their hand, have an interview with them, sit down to dinner with them, share the stage with them, all of the above. And you um, ideally you create, create this grid and put their faces into it and their names. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole set of actions that you can begin to set in motion. You're going to find out, do they write a blog, subscribe to the blog, periodically leave comments on their blog, follow them on Twitter, Facebook, wherever they are, Google+, LinkedIn, find them, sign mm-hmm. up to their newsletter, mm-hmm. see if they're if they're a speaker, if they're ever at uh, events, uh, then you get an opportunity to meet them in person. And really be intentional and strategic with that, too. You could actually be tweeting them ahead of time uh, or whatever their preferred form of, of, of communication is and saying, you know, really look forward to meeting you. Uh, often, depending on you know your own business, you could actually set up an interview in advance, and you're just being really, really specific and strategic. But the the primary agenda, this is the big difference here, Donna Maria, is that basically you're coming from a place of, I just want to connect with you. I really appreciate you. I like you as a person. I would love to get to know you. And versus where some people are like. You know, I got a product to pitch to you. Oh, if I just get in relationship with this person, you know, they're going to help me to get to this major place, and I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, use my use their clout or whatever, use their influence, and that's going to come across. They're going to feel that this person's going to feel that, and they're probably used to a lot of people doing that, coming from that place. So it's really, really refreshing to someone who's who's maybe got a large platform, who's an influencer, mm-hmm. who's maybe celebrity status, quote unquote. If you are just a warm, genuine, sincere person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even coming from a, really from a very very uh, humble place of saying how can I serve how can I help you mm-hmm. uh, what what can I do for you to support you and that's you know people really feel that mm-hmm. and that, that's a, such such an encouraging word because everybody that you want to get in touch with whether it's the buyer at the store where you want to have your products on the shelf or uh, an author that you want on your podcast or whatever no matter who it is. There are ways for us, right, Mari, to find out what they do, what they like, what they don't like, what what are their favorite things, who are their who's in their circle. There's no such thing as contacting someone in a cold way before because pretty much everyone you want to talk to has got to be either blogging or on Facebook or on Twitter or some combination of those three, and you can really communicate with them in ways that, you know, just 5 or 6 years ago were completely impossible. That's so true, so true. And you can really, when you do your homework, you find out mm. just one fact about somebody and you mm. you use their first name and you, you really can show. It just shows, uh, you know, that you, you've done your homework and that you care, that you're sincere. And, and, and I think you're right when you talk about in your book and as you just now said that it's so refreshing when people are approached that way. You know, once I watched on Twitter this, this sort of unfold, a, a very uh, person with, tons of hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter. Um, you know, it's lots of followers, doesn't follow a whole lot of people. And one person I noticed on Twitter wanted to meet with him, wanted to have him on her, I don't know if she had a video show or something like that. And so rather than send an email or do what regular people would do, I guess, she actually recorded a video saying, you know, I enjoy your tweets, I enjoy this and that, your blogs. I would really love to have you on my show. And it was like a 60-second video and she tweeted it, 
And, of course, he watched the video, and he tweeted back, you know, how could I resist the ask? And so I thought while she was very direct about what she did, she did it in a way I think that she knew would amuse him, that she knew would please him because he knew he was, she knew he was in, into this sort of video stuff. And I thought that was a unique way to really get straight to the point, which may not always be the best thing to do. But in this case, it worked like a charm. And lots of her follower count went up, and a lot of people got to watch that show simply because she had just put it out there in such a nice way. And the video, Mari, was so sincere. You could feel this uh, sort of almost like a little nervousness coming from her, but I thought it was just a unique way to put yourself out there, make yourself vulnerable, and say, hey, I'd like to interview you on my show. That's beautiful. What an awesome example, because I think that, you know, ultimately what's the worst that can happen? Someone says no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, and yeah, but and if, and the, of course, if nothing happened, no one would know it anyway. There's so much going on on Twitter. But I love, I love that, and it seems like a really good example of what you're talking about, which is coming from a place of sincerity, coming from a place of, you know, I want my show viewers to meet you. I think you have something to share with them, and I'd really like to talk with you. So that's 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 a neat example. And your book actually contains some really great examples of that as well. What has been the toughest thing, Mari, about sort of maintaining this new relationship marketing ideal? What's been the toughest thing in your business to do that? The toughest is probably scalability, mm. quite frankly. Yeah, in fact, I mean, I talk a lot of, there's a whole chapter I dedicated to overcoming perfectly normal fears. I wanted to really address the common fears that people have that prevent them from getting active online to sharing their personal lives and knowing where to draw the line, etc. So I addressed that right up front in the book. But for me personally, I would say I'm, I'm a pretty open person. I'm very, very, very rigorous about what I choose to share and choose not to share. I'm real like protect my reputation fiercely. Mm-hmm. I take full, full responsibility for my reputation and how I'm positioned and seen in the marketplace, and I want to make sure that's always 100% congruent with the truth of who I am. Mm-hmm. And so when people meet me, they're they're never like, wait a minute, you come across this way online, but you're different in person. Quite the opposite. I want people to be able to say, wow, you're exactly like I thought you were. In fact, often people say, wow, you're like you're even better in person. <laughs> you know, they, oh, what a blessing. They, what a blessing. And, you know, I haven't met you in person, but just talking to you, of course, I did my research. I've read your book, followed you, uh, read your articles in, in different magazines and Success Magazine and elsewhere. And um, so I feel almost as though this this relationship, while it's just led to a podcast, has certainly been, for me, in the works for a long time because I've been interested and I wanted to have you on the show. So thankfully I had an opportunity. Maybe that's an example of 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 using sort of you know these technological tools to create different opportunities, but I, I appreciate that you talked, Mari, about um, being very careful and, and you know fiercely protective of your of your brand and of your uh, reputation on the internet. Can we talk for a second about helping people draw that line? Because I know, particularly when it comes to family relationships, I know there have been. You know, when people are sometimes separated or divorced, I've read a lot of blog posts, mainly from women, who have been in touch with their audience on an intimate basis for a long time and feel that 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 is a helpful thing to do to let them know that there's this status change uh, in their lives. And then I've seen other cases where people have chosen not to do that, and it's like their audience is like, well, 
why didn't you tell us? You know, I mean, how do you know how far to go and whether you can tell your blog reader, you know, well, it's none of your business that I'm separated now, but why isn't it? Because you're always writing about your family. So help us sort of navigate that a little bit. Do you have any tips to share? Yeah, it it really is tricky. Here's the bottom line. I I have a three-part filter. Absolutely everything that I share in public. I used to just say online, but now I simply say in public because frequently when I'm speaking on stage, mm-hmm. then that'll be recorded. And, you know, obviously I'm speaking to an audience, so that to me that's public. So anything I share in public, I ask myself these three questions, and that is would I be okay with this piece of information splashed across the front page of a New York Times major mm-hmm. newspaper? And you're say, would I be okay with this? archived and found in years to come in a Google search. Mm-hmm. And would I be proud for my own mom to see this? Mm. <laughs> That's just, you know, whether your mom's alive or not, just like mm-hmm. that's the barometer. Three-part test. So you over time, you end, you end up becoming unconsciously competent at that. And so it's it's like um, a gut test. And and that's one thing that I do. So then And then the other is I ask myself always, and again, you can become unconsciously competent at this. My mantra is, what is my deepest intent? Mm-hmm. My deepest intent. And that always also helps to keep the ego in check. And so mm-hmm. um, when you have, now, um, let me see here. Then I've got just one other model, because there's many different models that come together, and then I'll just so sum all this up, and it'll make sense. So the three questions you ask yourself, your deepest intent, and then in addition, you think of your life in three categories, mm-hmm. personal, professional and private Mm -hmm. so you've got personal and professional there's very very much an overlap Mm -hmm. people want to know um people want to know about family travel and hobbies Mm -hmm. the three main things that people want to know about that you could just if people are really scared and very private and not knowing what to share think what you could draw from from families hobbies or private and share them Mm -hmm. family hobbies or travel i said that's good right so that is so concrete (laughs) Yeah, and because then anything else you're not sharing about your your well, and family. I mean, it's difficult because people that have young kids and they want to be protective about photos and details in the school they go to. They have you have to take control of your own privacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the private category though is anything that you do not want on the front page of New York Times or found in a Google search, or you wouldn't be proud of your mom to say, to say whatever. Mm-hmm. Would go goes into the private category, and it doesn't go ever anywhere near the internet or right. the public, right. because in that there's a line in the social network movie that says, you know, the internet is an ink, not pencil. Mm. So anyway, so. here's here is the acid test. When there's something in your private life that is not congruent, there's an incongruency. And this happened to me. I got divorced in 2009. And at that time, I was traveling around in an RV with my now ex for about 18 months, and I would be sharing pictures of where we are, and people would tune in, and they'd go onto Facebook and Twitter, Mari, where are you now? And mm-hmm. I'd be talking about my hubby, this or that or the other. And um, and we were no longer living together. We were going through the process of, of mm-hmm. making a decision to get divorced in early '09. And whilst I was in that process of making a decision, it was extremely private. Nobody knew. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and then people would tweet to me and go like, oh, "Where's your hubby? You know, where's now? Mm-hmm. Where are you guys now? Are you still in the RV?" And we hadn't been RVing for months, and I, I wanted to be extremely responsible about how I communicated my decision, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to just reply to somebody's tweet. Oh, thanks for asking. You know, I'm, we're no longer together. We're getting divorced, and, and it, because it just 
people are going to end up making up all kinds of stories about that. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And people have a lot of pain around divorce, which it can be very painful. My parents got divorced. Mm-hmm. So what I chose to do, here's the, here's what I chose to do, and people can do this or not, but I basically wrote up a blog post. It was, um, I think it was May or June of 2009. When the decision had been made, then I wanted to put a lot more context around it and let everybody mm-hmm. know I was I was fine. It was very much a mutual decision, and uh, there was no bitterness. There was no blaming. Mm-hmm. It was really a very a conscious and, and spiritual transition, and sometimes mm-hmm. things just don't, don't always work out for life. So I think that the bigger your audience, the larger your platform, the greater the responsibility to demonstrate through leadership, through action, not just the words, but through action, that congruency, that authenticity, because mm-hmm. there'll be a disconnect. There'll be a disconnect when if you all of a sudden you find out somebody's divorced and you didn't know, and, mm-hmm. and or whatever, or whatever relationship situation. Mm-hmm. I think we we just want to know, and I think that ultimately you probably agree with this that we we all just want truth. We can handle the truth. Just tell yeah. us. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, th- thank you so much for sharing that. I have. I have read that blog post that your blog that you're thinking about, and the one thing that stands out to me as you're describing it is the fact that it was really clear that you searched your heart for your motives before you did that. Because yeah. not only is there a little bit of information about the, the decision that you both came to, and as you called it, a spiritual transition, no bitterness, but at the end of the post there was something I thought was so wonderful. You shared the books that helped you through the process. Yeah. And I thought that was so nice because for anybody who – and there are so many people who are going through situations like that, for anyone who comes across that post, they'll be left with not the details and the RV and, oh, my gosh, how sad. They'll be left with, she helped me. Or, if not me, I have a friend who could use these books that helped her. And I think I thought that was so special, and it sort of brings us full circle to the concept that your book talks about, which is you use that blog post to further and nurture the relationship that you had with your readers. Right, right. And i got to tell you, Donna Maria, I was so nervous when I went to hit that that publish button. I was mm-hmm. so nervous. I really was, but I had gotten so mm-hmm. much support from my mm-hmm. spiritual teacher and some mm-hmm. very close friends, and I was astounded. I mean, it just it absolutely brought me to tears, the flood of support and hundreds mm-hmm. of comments on Facebook and on my blog, and people just... Um, really, really mm. resonated with my number one deepest intent of writing that post the way I wrote it was to inspire people to live into their deepest truth. Mm-hmm. Whatever that meant to them. All of a sudden, somebody's like, oh, my gosh, you know what? I've always mm. wanted to write a book. I always wanted to travel the world. I want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. I want to get married. I want to not get married, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, people can just find that. If they Google personal journey, Mari Smith, they'll, mm-hmm. if they Google that, they'll find it. Well, and how fabulous that here we are um, into the third year after that post. And it's still something that showcases your authenticity and all of the relationship important things that you're talking about in your book. So I just want to thank you for that. I, I thought that was a wonderful example to share with people. And your 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 trilogy of questions to ask yourself before you put something on the Internet, thank you so much for that because it's tangible and people can do the hobby, travel, Thing and they can sort of use that because so many people are so confused on this issue. So before we go, I want you to tell our listeners, Mari, where can we go to get this fabulous book, The New Relationship Marketing, and where can we go to learn more about you and the courses and classes and speaking that you offer? Okay, sure. Well, I actually, uh, if you go to relationshipmarketingbook.com, 
relationshipmarketingbook.com, relationshipmarketingbook.com. And there are um, there's an excerpt. You can actually download a free chapter, chapter number two of the book. It's about 30 pages long. You can get that for free. Also watch a video and see some of the testimonials. Leave a comment. In addition, marysmith.com has everything that um, anybody would want to know about me <laughs> and more at marysmith.com. And there's a link for books. Uh, I'm at marysmith on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Mari Smith. I'm more than happy to connect with people on the on the different networks too. And just just what a wonderful wonderful blessing this book is. And by the way, if you're going to go there and download chapter two, it's one of my favorites in the book. So how cool that that's the one you chose to download. This was fantastic, you guys. This was really great. This is going to be a classic indie business podcast. Mari Smith, author of the new Relationship Marketing: How to Build a Large, Loyal, Profitable Network using the social web. Mari, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to have you. My pleasure, too. I'm glad to be here. Yes, and Happy New Year, everyone. Next week I will be here with Carrie Wilkerson. That's right, next week here on Indie Business Podcast. Until then, enjoy your life, build your business, and have your way. The Indie Business Podcast is powered by the Indie Business Network. For more information, visit www.indiebusinessnetwork.com.